I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that? And we're back for another episode of the Invasion of the Poly Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. Let's get to it. All right, so you notice from the introduction, there's no Noel John Tooley here today. I'm flying solo, or am I? No, I'm not. Hey, Bicey, that's Ger Bicey in his first appearance on the Potty Snatchers. I brought you in, late substitute, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Bicey, how's your balls? Yeah, not so bad, man. Crack. Um, ah, you know, ah, I'm dying here. <laughs> I'm fucking dying here, man. Sure, we're all dying, dying, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, did you ever see Res- uh, Reservoir Dogs? Like, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> What's that movie where it's just like, dying over here, man? Yeah, yeah that's Oh, right. Scream. Scream. No, no. Oh, it. yeah. yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's Randy, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling a little woozy here. <laughs> Fucking love that movie. Um, but what's called it? So, Bicey, I um, called you in late substitute. And we just kind of came through this together last minute and we decided to go with, holy fuck, right? I just realized this got a 7.3 on IMD. Yeah, this actually got yeah. a pretty ERA fucking rate. Bar <laughs> Metacritic, this actually yeah. did pretty okay. <laughs> so uh, the, the reason we have so much surprise is the movie we decided to look at this week is the John Carpenter 1988 movie starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, I said that right. And Keith David, uh, it's called They Live. The I don't know, a movie about... Uh, I don't know, a drifter, a wanderer that comes across these sunglasses that allows them to see interdimensional beings that live amongst us in secret. And I'm not even making that up. What do you think, Boise? Oh, this was a masterpiece of the <laughs> highest order. I can only liken it to Citizen Kane for its social commentary and just unbelievable delivery of uh, artistic performance. <laughs> man, I actually... Uh, I, I hope I didn't I, oversell it. <laughs> uh, man, I think you may have undersold it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually only realized, like, within the first five minutes of this movie that I'd never seen it before. I thought I'd seen it at least once because I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. And as soon as they seen Roddy Roddy Piper dressed as John Rambo walking across those train tracks, I knew I'd never seen this before. Yeah. I, I actually must say I didn't I, I can't even say I, I've heard of it before and I, I I know of like John Carpenter and stuff from like the 80s to 90s the golden yeah. era of John Carpenter yeah was uh, it though <laughs> well, yeah, it was it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> I'm sure it, it had its moments okay it, <laughs> it it's memorable enough for me to go <laughs> maybe mm. but um yeah, holy shit. Um, I was not expecting it to be what it was. Yeah. Uh, based on the synopsis, anyway, I was definitely not expecting it to be what it was. Because um, they definitely lied. It's far more of a comedy <laughs> than I would like give as a, a sci-fi supernatural yeah. thriller. I thought it was going to be a horror. Like it, it, it felt like it felt nearly like an episode of The Outer Limits or something. Yeah. Like, like um, but like it, I just don't know. It just kind of lacked. The, when you look at John Carpenter's movies, it lacked that same kind of suspense, the subtlety. You know what I mean? Like, I just think the, the amount of cocaine he was probably ingesting at this stage in his career. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You've heard the allegedly siren people. 
cards. I thought it kind of felt like to me, right? When I was watching it, it was kind of like they were building slowly and slowly and slowly. <laughs> Where did they do? Well, no, no, no. Bear with me for a second. It was kind of building slowly and slowly. They were kind of like introducing you to characters mm. right around the 20 minute mark. Then they kind of introduced you to like, you know, the plot. Yeah. And then it kind of like throttles along with mayhem. Yeah. Like over like what must be in the movie time frame is like a couple of hours. But this is all dealt with over. 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you realize, holy shit, this has been on for like an hour and 10 minutes or an hour and five minutes. You're yeah. just like, what the fuck are they building for? Yeah. Like, we, we've obviously seen what happened here, but how the fuck are they going to conclude this yeah, in 25 minutes? That's exactly what And then, like, you're yeah. kind of like, this is probably the part where the cocaine really upped the ante. And yeah. you're just like, shit, we've got an hour long of a movie. Yeah. We need a kick ass ending right now. What do we do? Yeah. They had like 60 pages of the script written before they started and had no idea how to end it. <laughs> but, you know, kudos to John Carpenter for like kind of tying it all together because you've got the incredibly you know? shit. Well, bear with me. You have the incredibly shitty acting of Roddy Piper who <laughs> goes from, you know, Best stern, thoughtful to like batshit insane. It's yeah. like, <laughs> you know, the drop of a hat. And yeah. then back to kind of like, I don't know. It just, he well, like, sorry to go back to my point. He had to deal with that, then the nonsense of everything else that was going around. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I don't know. It's like it's definitely not the worst John Carpenter movie I've ever seen. It's up there, but it's, is it not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, this is obviously early John Carpenter, and I mean, no, this is late John Carpenter. It's like nineteen eighty-eight. Is it? This is ten years past Halloween. Six years past the thing. This Holy is shit, he was the on thing. his downward side. Was the thing in the 80s? I thought that was the 90s. No, the thing was 1982. Oh, uh, it was a remake of the shit. Howard Hawks movie from 1951 or something like that. 1950s, anyway. Man, that's hilarious. Because I was thinking, I was just like, Holy shit, is this John Carpenter's like first like step into sci-fi before yeah. the thing? And I was just like, Oh my god, it get, it obviously gets so much better, but holy shit, it got so much worse after yeah. the thing. That, that's literally the problem with John Carpenter. Like he just lost his mojo. And he, and he either never got it back or just they never trust him enough to let him get a chance to get it back, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, you can't argue with results because, like, the budget for that movie was three million and like, <laughs> they got like 12 or 13 back at the box office. Like, so <laughs> I still that's like, the... you know, that's over four times what they fucking invested in it. So, you know, it's, it seems extremely highly thought of. I mean, you know? <laughs> when you get to the end, you're just kind of like, this is obviously very, very on the nose. <laughs> trying to deliver here, yeah. and you're kind of like, is it almost? You know what I kind of thought when I was watching it. You know that really shitty Mark Wahlberg movie, The Mist. Uh, no, The Happening. Oh, The Happening. Sorry. Yeah. Like, where you're kind of just like, is this a serious movie? They're kind of acting like it's a parody, but yeah, is it though? Like, that's what I kind of felt like with this. That... Spoiler alert! It's the trees. Ooh, the twist. Yeah. <laughs> those bastards and like they knew they knew yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, so this movie was based on the short i've never read it um called eight o'clock in the morning by ray nelson and i definitely wanted to try to get my hands on it because i feel like with the premise of the movie it actually could be a cool film done right maybe mm. um but like so we'll just we'll we'll just kind of get into the start of the movie right um 
the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, you said it was a slow burn. It's pretty much a walking tour of Los Angeles with Roddy Roddy Piper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, he's so down on his look. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> as well, what I thought was just, you know, out of the number of things that I picked out of this movie, what I just thought was fucking crazy was how there was a shanty town within Los Angeles. I know there's homeless and whatnot, and like yeah. that shit does there exist. There literally is a shantytown called uh, Skid Row. Skid Row. No, no, I know that. Mm. I, I do know that. But just mm. how, like, you know, it was totally acceptable to have this kind of like town with like workers that are kind of <laughs> off the books. <laughs> They're the cleanest like, homeless people of all time. Yeah. Keith David. Oh, uh, if you want, I know a place where you serve <laughs> hot food, you get a shower. It's like, okay, it's is a dirt just... patch in a trailer park with a hose. <laughs> he totally oversold that place, though, didn't he? Like, yeah, he did. I was kind of like, are they going to go to a hostel or something like that? Like... <laughs> like a halfway house or something, like, at least. Like, a place that actually has walls. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But, uh, holy fucking hell. What a start as well. Like, you're kind of introduced to all these, like, zany characters, and you're just like, yeah, what's going like... on here, like? <laughs> Pretty much uh, the first 15 minutes of the movie is just Rodney Piper walking around and no backstory explained. Like, I guess he's ex-military or something. I don't know. Like he's doing, he's, uh, you call him like, what you say? He's like a second rate Mel Gibson. Oh my God. <laughs> this is what I wanted to say. I feel like there was a missed opportunity with like Roddy Piper and Keith David mm. as an off-brand Lethal Weapon movie. They didn't even have to parody Lethal Weapon. They could have just done it as like a really over the top <laughs> buddy action movie. Should they just call it Day Lethal? Day Lethal. Oh my god! <laughs> that, like that was all I was thinking when I saw that mullet. I was just like, "That's Martin Riggs. That oh, is Martin man. Riggs on steroids." Then Keith David, <laughs> young Danny, young Danny Glover, oh, just perfect. <laughs> he, he's like John Rambo with the subtlety of Martin Riggs. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That that is a. a does sum it up very nicely. Yeah. Um. So like, pretty much, he goes around uh, LA. He meets all these like misfit characters and shit. As you said, he meets Keith David. Like, he meets him on a construction site. He gets work because it's that easy to join a union. This yeah. is a union job. Let me talk to the shop steward. He'd be like, uh, "No, dude, you have to pay Jews. Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. you need to join a union or to be a part of any of these shit. Don't you have to pay Jews up front before you can join? Oh, it's something like that. Yeah. Like, you have to be a fucking member of something. Mm. Whatever." way that fucking shit works over in America. But, yeah, who knew? It was so easy to get a job. <laughs> I, like, I love the way, though, at like, the end of the first day, he goes, when do I get paid? Yeah. Uh, at the end of the week, like everybody else, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> fucking hell. It is kind of, like, funny that, like, within, like, a minute or two of, like, oh, yeah, we have work for you here, but, you know, it's all union, and then it just cuts to a shirtless rod. <laughs> hitting something with a hammer. Yeah, and then, like, Keith David. This is the first introduction we get to Keith David, where it's almost like he's checking him out. Yeah, is, it, is, this going to, is this going to be, like, a gay romance, you know, subtly held within the sci-fi alien movie? But, uh... He wanted yeah. to show Riggs his lethal weapon. Could be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, like, literally, I, that's the first thing I thought, like, as soon as Keith David seen him shirtless, and he was like... Hey, uh, I got a place we can go back to. He's got showers. <laughs> like that's the first thing he thinks. Like and like, and he sticks to him like glue after that. Like you know what I mean? And he's like, he just can't quit him as well. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't quit you. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, 
So Keith David brings him back to this like homeless place, and we see across the way there's like or there, I don't know it's actually they're in amongst the encampment that's like this like kind of like church, or it's like um they're like a missionary or some bullshit, and they're like they're, they're like a soup kitchen. That's the fucking term I was looking yeah. for, and they're just like serving food. And um, Roddy Piper gets like two helpings of peas and doesn't even say thank you. What a prick! Yeah, a pr- you know what I mean. Like she goes to him, do you want to sit? Do you want more? And he's like, yeah. Like, he's like, of course I want more, bitch. I'm Roddy Piper. And you know what I think is hilarious as well is that, like, Roddy Piper is obviously, you know, he was still wrestling in the 80s, wasn't he? Of so, course. like, he, he still, like, built, like, a fucking brick shithouse. I never like, knew he was that well built ever. Yeah. And then you're just kind of like, he's standing there. He's like, yeah, I'll have more. And then there's some scrawny homeless guy <laughs> trying to fucking get the play in around him. He's <laughs> like, it's my turn, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like Roddy Piper looks like he's been eating three square meals every day for his entire life. Yeah. He got a guy behind him that probably hasn't eaten in a week and Roddy Piper's getting second helpings of gar- <laughs> uh, green peas. Selfish prick. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I had to check after the movie was over because I forgot he had died and I was just like, God, I know I was joking, but do you think there's ever a chance of that actually happening? Keep David in like Roddy Piper and then, you know. Google once again shattered my dream. <laughs> what you were hoping for a sequel? No, I was hoping for a Buddy Cop spin-off, but you know, it probably wouldn't have been as epic because you know they would have been 60, yeah. 70. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Lethal Weapon 4 wasn't anywhere near as epic, and they were only like, you know, 50 or that. That's yeah. But, that was a long time ago. They acknowledged the fact that they were in fact too old for this shit. <laughs> Yeah, gently kicks the fuck out of the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, because you remember the second and third one? Well, no, the second one's not really, because, like, Martin Reeves got fucked up at the end of the second one. The second the, one's the South African one, is it? Yeah. No, well, to be fair, he's pretty fucked up at the end of all of them. Oh, yeah, he is. Because I was just going to say, like, you know, in the fourth one, he looked proper fucked up. And I'm thinking back, no, he was, like, at the end of every movie, he was, like, proper fucked up. Like, Bruce McLean, like, he looked yeah. like he had fought terrorists. Yeah, you mean John McLean? No, I, I'm going to stick with Bruce McLean. We've <laughs> <laughs> got to find out now, yeah. okay? So, so we save ourselves a lot of time with corrections. I will get names wrong. I will misquote a movie. Deal with it. Yeah, it's literally what we do here every week in Body Snatchers. <laughs> we will get names wrong, passionately defend them, and never check Google. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, there's so many times you listen back to shit and you know you've made mistakes and there's no way of correcting them. <laughs> it's, it's out in the ether now, man. Yeah. <laughs> so where did we leave off? So yeah. they, they've established their kind of bromance. Yeah. Sexual chocolate. Yeah. David. So, so then we cut to the scene at nighttime where like, you know, there's TV on, you know, as there would be in a homeless encampment. And like we get our first introduction, or is it our second introduction to, to the, the soup crazy, kitchen? To the soup kitchen and crazy black eye priest. Uh, I had the, the the blind guy. Yes. Yeah, like because yeah, because the soup kitchen people um, that run the soup kitchen have a church or a missionary or whatever across the street, isn't it, from the homeless encampment? That's right. Yeah. And like they're having a nighttime sermon or some shit, isn't it? And uh, Roddy Piper, does Keith David go as well? Does Keith David bring him, or is it just your man invites him? The, I think the guy invites him to really grease the slickest looking, like the slickest looking, chi- most time molester and looking priest that you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <coughs> meh, meh, meh. <laughs> You have heard the allegedly siren. <laughs> Ring 1-800 for prizes. <laughs> so uh, he allegedly molested 
I mean, he allegedly. <laughs> Yeah, he, Sorry, we're, he we're going allegedly, down this like did he do it did he yeah, yeah like, looks so, like he might have so he allegedly he fed gallons of his soup to the homeless people of los angeles like on a daily basis he was just feeding bowls and bowls of his soup <laughs> to all the homeless people until they were like nom 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 until they had their fill you know what i mean like he's a good guy you know what i mean everybody knows the catholic church has nothing but good people in it you know yeah. what i mean it's like a safe place that once they're introduced in a movie, it's established, this is a safe place. We're the church. You can do no wrong. Come to us for sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so pretty much. Um, so the Catholic Church, you know, as, we, as we've, you know, clarified, our, you know what I mean? Our safe haven for, you know, the downtrodden. And um, Roddy Piper, I think, does Keith David Golem, I think, or whatever, Roddy Piper ends up with this nighttime sermon. And we get introduced to like pretty much the message to trying to put out into the world or some bullshit. Um, actually, wait, when you, when you mentioned earlier on before we go to the sermon, you mentioned that they're watching the TV. That's where they see the signal, the transmission of yeah, the hackers so for the first time. I think this is where, you know, Nada, <clears throat> aka Roddy Piper. He's just going to be Roddy Piper. Yeah. So this is where he gets his first inkling that, hey, wait a minute, something's not right. Yeah, yeah. seemingly harmless glitch in this broadcasting, uh, you know, something's not right. Yeah. And we've also got this rambling priest across the road that seems to be mimicking everything your man is saying. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like he goes from like, you know, kind of slightly, you know, not really caring to like head first deep, you know, holy shit, something's going on. I'm going to find out what the fuck this is. Yeah, like, like it's literally his first night in this area, right? And he sees someone going into the church late at night and he thinks it's suspicious. This could happen every single night that he's never been there. Yeah. Immediately he goes to a homeless dude and gets like state-of-the-art binoculars from him. <laughs> yeah. Like, where did this guy get his binoculars from? Where'd you get your knocks from, dude? Where'd you get your knocks from? <laughs> and then, you know, what can only be described as, you know, organized chaos. <laughs> We get like people evacuating from like the church. So sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. <laughs> yeah. So we've established that he suspects something. Yeah. So now he has obtained his binoculars from said homeless man. Yeah. Stayed. Uh, seemingly he just has them. Like I don't know. <laughs> Never <laughs> questions it. Your man also as well. Your man just gives him up without a fight. I mean, like this big brawly fucking guy comes over. He's like, "Hey man, can I have those? They look like they're worth something. Can I have them?" Well, he's the Pied Piper man. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't say no to him. So this all happens and then he goes on a crazy rant or a crazy, you know, montage of stalking out this church. Yeah. Um, Keith David intervenes at some point, uh, who in my eyes completely overreacted when yeah. he just saw him like yeah. staking out with churches like did that really warrant that kind of a reaction? Yeah, stay like, out of it, man. Don't yeah, get involved I'm, in this kind of shit. I've got wife and kids back home. I got this job, I can't use it. Like, so oh. The whole way through it, like, he reminds everybody about his wife and kids. That's because he's got something to lose. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we've established he is an expendable character. Because he will give our main character, who has no personality, something <laughs> caught for. Yeah, poor Roddy Piper. Um, <laughs> but rest in peace. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, he's scoping out this church, and he's suspicious. And, like, the way the story is starting to build now is that it's starting to make it seem like the people that were responsible for the transmission on TV, the people that were responsible for running the church are going to be the villains of the piece. And that's the way it kind of builds slowly at the start. And then he's scoping out, as you said, Keith David tried to stop him. 
But like, I think it's like a couple of nights after he starts scoping out, he's scoping out one night. And then as you said earlier, chaos starts happening. And like the police come in with like, it's crazy tactics pretty much. And wipe out everybody. <laughs> I just want to point out, um, at this point in the movie, I was reminded of that like, you know, episode of It's Always Sunny for like, they're arguing over like, you know, movies are too subtle now. Yeah. That they should be over explained. Yeah. And like, cut to scene. Cop car comes in, or no, SWAT van with scientific <laughs> investigation unit on the back. He's like, okay. I didn't even know that was Subtle. a thing. <laughs> so, I mean, straight away, on the nose, you know, yeah. sci-fi. It should have just said, like, secret governmental agency on the side of the van. <laughs> secret agents, don't look. Yeah. We're serious. Don't look over yeah. here. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> and then, then we, in like, were greeted by the chaos. And, like, one of the standout parts of that scene for me was when you have the cops in riot gear, they're in formation, they're walking with their plastic shields, and then you just have random extras kind of like almost play throwing themselves at them and then falling over. <laughs> oh, man, like that's how the protest nowadays as well. <laughs> but allegedly, even... allegedly. <laughs> Can't sue this motherfucker. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> But yeah, so like they're bulldozing the homeless encampment. They're like clearing out everybody. They're raiding the, the church across the street. And um, Roddy Piper's trying to escape. Well, he's kind of pretty much walking around the chaos and just like watching it. And we're just like seeing the movie through his eyes and like through the eyes of his magnificent mullet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that so was he, some mullet, to be fair. Incredible. Like, it, it rivaled Kurt Russell's. Uh, well, watch your mouth, man. Let's just not say stuff we're going you can't we're, we're take back. Hey, you know man. All I'm going to say was that there was not a hair out of place in that fucking mother. All Throughout I want that entire movie. Let this be clear. Let this let, let this be clear that we over here, the Polly Snatchers, do not share Gerard Weiss's opinion <laughs> about mullets and the quality of Kurt Russell's mullet in comparison to Rowdy Roddy Piper. Right? That all his opinions are his and his own. Fucking motherfucker. This guy, huh? Spoken. Oh. Like the, the words of a jealous man, yeah, spark his own mullet oh, and is an envy of anyone. If only I get barely sports <laughs> strands of hair at this moment, let alone a mullet. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the only way I'd get a mullet is if I ordered one off the internet. Hey, man, um, times are changing, except for you don't know this. <laughs> oh, no, he'd never be a wig guy, he could never be a wig guy. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, so uh, Roddy Piper watches on as the mayhem unfolds and like. Uh, he, he pretty much sees the cops, like, you know, walking down and the homeless people as they throw themselves, uh, you know, meekly at them and shit. And then he, he like, sees this kid. Like, he's he pretty much, he sees people being dragged out into the street or something and he goes to hide and he sees this kid in hiding. And, like, he takes this kid and creates a new family for him in a couple of minutes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do, do you notice when he's fleeing with the kid, he sees the cops coming from the left, I think. And then he goes to flee down the alleyway when there's clearly stairs to the left, which is... Where you'd go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, and he runs down the alleyway, and like a squadron of police come after him, and they immediately abandon the search. Like, so he just walks upstairs, climbs in the window of this, like, and look, it looks like a crack house or something, a crack den or some shit like that, as where, but looks immaculately clean for a crack den, except for the boards on the window. Yeah, and then he gets this kid that he just rescued from outside and just like gives him to this family. <laughs> I have a couple of points about this particular scene. Yeah, go ahead. So the actor playing the child looks like he's in his late twenties. <laughs> so that's the first thing, right? 
He doesn't look like ages people, man. He doesn't look like a helpless little teenager. He looks like, you know, almost like a middle-aged man who shaved. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, secondly, Roddy Piper has his arm around him the entire time in one of like the rapiest kind of ways. Like, cause like he's got his arm around him, but he's also holding his shoulder. He's just like, I've got you. You're going nowhere. <laughs> I'm helping you, little boy. <laughs> and then, like you said, just like, you know, we were introduced to, like, I don't know, token black crackhead. This is like, welcome to paradise. <laughs> and then, like you said, he just offloads him to, like, just a random family. Who then, that guy also cradles him and pulls him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, though. He just goes, go with them. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, cool. <laughs> And the, the dude's probably like, oh, cool, like, uh, I guess a middle-aged son I've got now or something. <laughs> I guess this uh, 42-year-old guy's my responsibility now. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> I just, like, realized we totally glossed over uh, the scene prior to, like, the destruction of the fucking encampment where Roddy Piper actually goes into the church, finds all an assortment of chemicals and sunglasses, <laughs> and then <laughs> finds the secret compartment in the wall Oh, and I then should, gets yeah. accosted by the blind priest yeah. who wants to touch his face and his hands. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of the more rapiest of John Carpenter's movies. <laughs> yeah, like, there's just... No, like, why is there just such, like, an intensity of, like, come here to me. My hands need to feel you. <laughs> I can see you, but I'm not... I'm not experiencing you. Come here to me. Yeah, so, yeah, so, like, as you, t- as you touched on there, so, like, he kind of gets... The idea that there's this like underground conspiracy going on with this church group and like one other thing is like they were selling they're talking about selling sunglasses or some shit like counterfeit sunglasses is that what they were talking about oh some shit like, like that yeah yeah so like because we don't even realize this is how much of a clever uh storyteller john carpenter is these sunglasses play a huge part in this movie Right, which makes sense later, right? So when Kurt, uh, sorry, Kurt Russell, damn you, I see. <laughs> He's a bit this, movie, this movie would have been so much fucking better with Kurt Russell in there. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but like the three million probably doesn't get him out of bed in the morning. Like the coffee's fucking a magnificent mullet. Um, yeah, he cut that know, off for 15 million. Older. You, know, you know, this guy doesn't fuck around. You know what I mean? Um, but like. He, he saw Roddy Piper watches on in the mayhem and then he sneaks back into the building, if I'm not mistaken, into the church and he grabs a box and uh, runs away with it and he goes into the back alley and he like opens it up and it's filled with sunglasses and yeah. he he takes a pair and stashes the rest of them underneath a rubbish uh, underneath rubbish in, in a like a garbage can in an alleyway. Like that's a genius place to leave anything <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the place is filled with homeless people yeah. that are like, you know, literally down under look to the nth degree. I'm going to stash this thing I believe might be valuable in the garbage cans. They more than likely rummage through yeah. on a day-to-day basis. I'd also like to take this moment to pause and reflect on what's about to happen in this movie. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we've obviously had the very fucking long-winded intro into this. Yeah. Uh, he's found the sunglasses. He's stashed them. He's taken his own. Yeah. Um, let's pause here for a second to appreciate what's going to happen over the course of the next half hour which is amazing <laughs> just amazing and what i'd like to point out as well is that so he obviously had his suspicions he puts his yeah. sunglasses on and then it goes from zero to fucking 1000 yeah he just he just this is obviously real i'm going to dive head first <laughs> so i'll let you take it up from here where you narrate the next part yeah and, uh, we're about to take a journey 
So as what Bice was touching on there is like that Roddy Piper takes the he stashes the, the leftover sunglasses, takes uh one of the pairs and he's walking down you know, like rounds a corner, he's walking down along a sidewalk, busy sidewalk in LA or whatever the fuck. And he decides, you know, like he's walking around with the sunglasses, decides to pop them on, you know, free sunglasses, who wouldn't? And um you gotta protect them baby blues, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, and um immediately like he looks through the sunglasses and like we get Piper vision. You know, what I mean, excellent, excellent. First person Piper vision, and um, and immediately he sees something uh, like weird about these glasses. That is like everything looks like as if black and white. He looks at the pavement. He takes them off. He looks back at it again. He sees it's in like a black and white kind of like uh, view or whatever. And then he looks to a billboard. I think next, and on the billboard it's written in massive writing. It says obey, and then he pulls the glasses off, and it's like a normal advertisement billboard. And he puts it back on and says obey. And he does this numerous times around like the, the street he's walking on where he just like literally puts the glasses on, looks through, sees the normal version of it, sees whatever the glasses were showing to him. And he does this like uh, bit by bit until he looks at a person. And then he sees like <laughs> the fucking design of these, like, I don't know, interdimensional beings, I suppose is the only way you can really describe them. But the yeah. design is insane. <laughs> like in... Saying like John Carpenter must like what my up with the, the visual effects dudes and just like snorts a line like yeah. uh Leskin. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm thinking latex. I want to pull it back and I want your yeah. eyes to pop. <laughs> I want to see everything. Um what do you mean? Like nude? No, everything. I'm talking muscle. <laughs> I want to see sinews. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But like, like, uh, so he's looking around. He sees his first. Um, <coughs> he's like at a newsstand, and he sees this fucking dude. He's like a businessman or whatever. Mm. And first, he looks at a magazine, and he sees the magazine says all this weird shit instead of what like it looks like without the glasses. And he's, we said a second ago, he sees his first interdimensional being, and the guy's like getting super hardy with him. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Piper's staring at me. I'll be like, I'm sure he has a good reason. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? and that guy as well. He was like. I know, obviously, he was an alien, but, you know, the human skin. He's an old, <laughs> yeah. frail dude. And he got Roddy Piper, probably in his prime. In his prime. <laughs> and he's just like, he's like super aggro. Yeah, like, like, I know. His like, most Piper. <laughs> and you know what's mad as well? Is that like, because obviously he's just figuring out what the fuck's going on. And he's got that look of like, you know, just like after being punched in the face, it's like, fuck that happened. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And I mean... You know, because obviously this is before we get to see the explosive rage that he did like showcase. <laughs> well, they don't call him Rowdy for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Like, fucking hell. But, and I mean, obviously we know what happens like when the yeah. crazy really comes out. But I feel like that alien got a very lucky near miss there. And then there was like a couple of other, like, because this obviously leads away like to where he, you know, kind of explores more of this yeah and then like, he goes into that store and then obviously there's more and more of these characters and like it goes like a convenience store or something isn't it yeah and yeah. they're suit like they're overtly aggressive to him like yeah <laughs> but like immediately they're like uh we think he like because he starts kind of saying like you know that people are looking weird or whatever starts alluding to and he's like well not even alluding to it he's like he immediately expects people to believe him he's like He's like, oh, they're not human or whatever. And like, uh, he's like, and you're okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, like, and he, he he goes like pretty much ape shit in the convenience store. And they're like, not subtle at all about it. 
they're like under watches straight away and they're like uh, male Caucasian uh, <laughs> we think he's up to something you know what I mean like, they're like the worst hidden like how have they stayed hidden this long because immediately yeah. you, know, you know what I mean like, and it's hilarious as well like because I mean he could just be a crazy random guy that walks into this place but like as soon as like he locks with them they immediately like you got him yeah, he's yeah, here yeah, everyone like, focus in on this one guy talk to your wrist ignore everything yeah. else <laughs> everyone wearing the same watch <laughs> like I mean Okay. <laughs> yeah, so like Roddy Piper goes crazy here now, and then we're going to try to restrain him and shit. And we see how rowdy he really is. And does he he escapes here um as the cops are chasing him? Isn't this where like he runs away from the convenience store and then the cops go after him? Is that is that right? So it's it's basically they're obviously figuring out that he knows what's going on and yeah. they're kind of they're contacting someone who we've not yet been introduced to. Yeah, uh, he leaves the store after the shopkeeper fucking confronts him, whatever. Who turns out to be just human, whatever. Yeah. Um. Then we see him on the street, and then he turns off to an alleyway or something like that. Is it? Is that what it is, or is there like a chopper or something that he hears that freaks him? Or oh yeah, yeah. Like he puts the glasses on, and then he hears something up above him, and it's like a drone. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, and does, does then... he have? Does he have a gun at this stage? No, this is late. That's later. No, because this is where it gets. Fucking awesome. <laughs> so like you were saying, he, he's out of the store, something happens, he's startled, and then like we're introduced to the next scene where like he's confronted by two cops. Yeah. Uh, in an alleyway. <laughs> and I don't know, just just amazing cinematic masterpiece just that happens. <laughs> Do you know what's amazing about this movie? Like, because you touched on it earlier where you said he completely kind of goes head first into this conspiracy kind of thing. Yeah. But like, those could be just fun goofball glasses. You know what I mean? Like, he like literally, like, he goes, oh, the, these are obviously aliens or something and I must kill them immediately. Like, yeah. instead of saying, like, like if I put on a pair of glasses and they showed me something different um, than what I was perceiving in reality, the first thing I was like, think of, oh, these must be trick sunglasses. <laughs> You know what I mean, though. Like, and the first thing he thinks of is like these sunglasses are definitely authentic. Yeah, I only found them in the bottom of a basement of a church or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just got raided. I know they're sketchy, but these sunglasses are definitely authentic to the point that I'm willing to not only you know assault a cop, <laughs> but like disarm him, steal his weapons, and then just like get the fuck out of dodge. Like, literally, that's how much yeah. he believes immediately in these sunglasses. Like, you know what I mean? I've never believed in anything as quickly in my life as Roddy Piper believes in these fucking sunglasses in this fucking movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, there, there's absolutely, like, there's no hesitation either. Like, I mean, once he's confronted by the cops, <laughs> who we've established are also aliens in this because um, yeah. of the sunglasses. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of like, it's almost, it almost like looks like he realizes what, what's about to happen, but he, he kind of goes along with it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the cops, they like they ready their holster or they take they un unhinge their holster, get ready yeah. for the gun. Yeah. And I can't even remember like does he does he headbutt him like does he pull him in like lunge into him with a headbutt or something or like does he just pull the gun from him as he's walking away or something? Yeah, I I, I can't remember. He I think he beats. Does he beat? I think he beats up the two cops for sure. And then yeah. takes one cop's cop's handgun and then takes the shotgun from the patrol car. Yeah, and like he, he he does he like just, he just walks down the street then uh, shotgun slung over his shoulder in yeah. the middle of daylight in Los Angeles, which is crazy. And like yeah. he's he's just killed two cops. 
<laughs> no one else is like batting an eyelid at this. Nonchalantly pulls a shotgun from the car yeah. and just like arms himself. Like, I mean, was there a point where he had like a bullet strap on, or am I imagining that? Uh, like a bandolier. Yeah. No, I think it was the strap from the shotgun. Yeah, um, that's probably that's yeah. probably it. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because I think he carried but, um, the shotgun across his back for the first portion of the shotgun. <laughs> I <Yeah>. guess. <laughs> <laughs> the shotgun played an extremely important part in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so like he gets away from the cops, um, <laughs> and then he he tries to get out of Dodge, and it's he going to an underground car park. And oh no, can... oh no, we're 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 missing the best fucking part. Oh, go ahead. He just. He randomly shows up at a bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, is that in goes from killing, as well, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes yeah. from killing two cops yeah. in broad daylight, <laughs> arms himself to the fucking tee. And like, what I was expecting was like, yeah. oh, a chase scene or something like, you know, he's going to try to get the fuck out. Oh, yeah, steal and the cop car or something. And you know, all of a sudden, he just fucking walks into a bank. And <laughs> <laughs> what's that line? Uh, uh, which one where he's like... The bubble gum? Oh, it's like... I come here. I, I I come here to kick ass and chew gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum <laughs> some shit like that. Oh man! Like, like what's hilarious about all of that is that like just no one reacts to this guy who's like armed to the fucking teeth walking <laughs> into a bank. Nonchalantly says this ridiculous fucking line, and then yeah. just like indiscriminately starts killing people. Now, obviously, yeah. we as the audience know that he's killing aliens. Yeah, but it's just like. I don't know. It just feels like a nonsensical rampage. I feel like this is where the coke was amplifying. Yeah. And it was kind of like, yeah, man, we're going to kill these two cops and then we're going to like, go, <laughs> go on this chase. He's like, yeah. I have a better idea. We need more violence now. Put me in a bank. Yeah. Buy yeah, a bank? It, Doesn't matter. Yeah, pipe, the Piper likes banks. That's why. <laughs> That's why we're going for a bank. The Piper gets what the Piper wants. You know? <laughs> Snorts a line. <laughs> oh, and I mean, like, just think about it now. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. <laughs> but just thinking back at it now, like, there was, like, no reason at all. Because, like, we've obviously established there's aliens. Yeah. He's killed two cops. Yeah. There was no need for the scene in the bank. Because, I mean, it added nothing to the story. It pushed nothing forward other than the fact that we know he's going to, like, completely commit yeah. to the fact that there's aliens and start killing these people. And then we're just led to another scene where, like... Cause... As well, the thing is, like, before you jump on, like, do you know if you're after killing two cops and you believe there's this weird conspiracy, the last thing you want to do is draw attention to yourself. Oh, yeah. Literally makes zero sense to go in and go, oh, I'm going to hold up a bank for no apparent reason. Does he even get, does he take money from the bank even? No, he li- he goes in, looks around, sees the aliens, says that ridiculous line, kills a whole lot of people, and then, <laughs> like, we're into the next scene. Yeah. Like is the, yeah, so he like uh, yeah, so he shoots up the bank and then he is this is where he goes to the underground car park, is it? Yeah. And he's like he does like his best impersonation of Kyle Reese, you know, <laughs> in Terminator One. Um, so like he he gets into the the car with this uh she like got red hair. Um, Meg thing. Foster. Megan Foster is that her name? Megan yeah. or Meg? Meg Foster. Um, fucking super blue eyes, like ridiculous and um. So he 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 gets this one. He hijacks her car pretty much, and she he says to her, yeah, thinks of like they have a family or something, and she says no, and he's like, all right, cool, bring me to your house. <laughs> you know, like, smooth, yeah. Roddy Piper, smooth. <laughs> and like, what's crazy as well is that this woman is obviously an actor. You know, I know what they can't see my air quotations. So actor <laughs> air um, quotes because <laughs> I just saw there. Like, I think she's in either fucking Flash Gordon or some other eighties movie. Mm. But either way. Uh, 
you know, to go back in the pint. We can't even attempt to sing Queen because that would cost a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, anyway. So basically, then she, like, you know, the calmest fucking hostage situation I've ever seen. Yeah. And she, like, totally willingly gives herself to Roddy Piper. Oh, man. She's, like, literally from get go, she's trying to get in his pants. Like, he nearly feels uncomfortable by her. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's so fucking weird because, like, even after he gets into the car with her, like, she gets in, no bother. And, yeah. like, he's like, you know, where am I going? He's like, go back to yours. No problem. Like, he's dozing off in the fucking side of the yeah. car. <laughs> and, like, there's, it's like you were saying, there's this kind of weird intensity there. It's just like, are they going to bang? Yeah. Or is he going to kill her? Or, or is she going to try kill him? Or is she going to rape him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? What's like, this, like, really weird intensity that's going on right now in the car? And, like, you know, it's never explained. It's never addressed. It's just kind of like both characters are kind of like aloof. Yeah. <laughs> and so she gets him back. Or like he gets out of the car and like her neighbor is watching on. You could clearly tell that he was holding a gun to her back. Like clearly. Like he's like, the, like they've for some reason, they both get out the same side of the car, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They both get out the same door. Like if you just seen that, you'd be like, uh, what's going on there? <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, so he brings her inside her gaff and he's like, uh, starts pretty much nearly orgasming on the ground after he takes off the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, it's like a high, but the come down, <laughs> the come down's all over my pants. Oh no! And uh, the piper's been a bad boy. Uh, but um, <laughs> so like she's like kind of like I know trying to rape him, pretty much allegedly, allegedly, try, allegedly trying to play his bagpipes. And um, she's like, you know, nearly half seducing him. He's trying to like come to terms with what the fuck's going on. And I think he starts talking to her to start making conversation. He finds out that, like, you know, that she works at the TV station. And then he kind of starts putting two and two together that maybe the signal that's coming over the TVs has something to do with these creatures that he's seeing or this other world or version of the world that he's seeing through these sunglasses. And um, when he immediately comes suspicious of her, she, like, hits him and throws him out a fucking window. Yeah. And, Holy like, shit. I was not, just to touch on that yeah. bit, I was not expecting that because it really <laughs> did, up until that point, it really felt like they were just going to bang yeah. and that was going to be it. And then he goes over <laughs> to the window, <laughs> tries to display some emotion. I don't know, like, if it's, what's going on, you know, am I, am I sad, am I angry? Direct yeah. me, John, direct me. And then she comes <laughs> over and just fucking sucker punches him with a fucking gas bottle. Oh, yeah. that, I don't even know, did it break? Or did it yeah. just, like... Push him out the window. <laughs> like, then she like smashed him over the head with the bottle and then throw him out the window. And he felt like a bajillion feet and just like took it like a champ. Like oh. I, said, I said to you before we start recording, I was like, he literally rolled through it like a champ. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? We should, we should point out here that this was no ordinary building. This was the fourth story. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like of the Burj Khalifa. He not only fell out of a four story building, he fell down the side of a fucking hill. <laughs> Yeah, like all the way down, like it's like Wiley Coyote type. Yeah, oh, like you know what I mean, like Homer Simpson falling down the Grand Canyon. You know yeah. what I mean, like instead of like blowing to safety, Roddy Piper rolled. To safety. Yeah, he's like, and and uh, all that was wrong with him was he had a bit of a fucking nosebleed. Uh, uh, that was probably like you know from the initial going out the window. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like so we concluded that Roddy Roddy Piper's only weakness is glass. 
Yeah. She smashed him with a glass bottle and threw him out a glass window. And that's the only thing that seemed to harm him as he rolled down like one of the longest hillsides I've ever seen. Like literally two minutes of this movie's already by for rolling down the hill. Can you imagine that? It did remind me of that scene from Hot Rod where like he falls down the side of the mountain and you're just kind of like, holy shit, this is like, he should have hit the ground by now. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so yeah, so he falls from a build, four story building and he rolls down the, the biggest hillside ever and then he gets a bloody nose. And the next time we see Roddy Piper, he's underneath an overpass, I think it is. And he's brooding, like, like brooding, like you'll need way the Piper can. Yeah. And like, I think, is this where he starts deciding that he needs help with his kind of quest or some shit where he tries to get back in touch with Pete David? Um, well, no, you saw, I think at this point is where. Well, because of Wanted Man. Well, that, and he realizes he doesn't have the glasses anymore. Oh, shit, yeah. And he has so... to go back. Once he kind of composes himself then, he's on like a sidewalk and then for some reason a fucking shop that has, I don't know, two, three dozen TV screens with just his photo on it. (laughs) And he walks Um, past, yeah. And he just walks past and is like, oh yeah, that's that's fine, that's not me. (laughs) And then, yeah, he tries to make contact again with Keith David. Um, So this is where we're reintroduced to Keith David. No, he actually goes back for the glasses first. Are you sure? Because you don't remember that part with the glasses and then Keith David comes back. When... Listen, listen, he go back and get the glasses and then he tries to make Keith David wear. No, no. So what happens is he tracks down Keith David at the construction yeah. site and he, oh, tries to yeah. tell, he tries to tell him what's going on and he's obviously having fucking none of it. I got and wife then, and kids, man. Yeah, wife <laughs> and kids. You know, I'm, I'm expendable. I'm not getting into this fucking shit. Yeah. And then we're, then we're brought to the scene then where he's in the alleyway trying to get back his stuff and he realizes that they're not the glass aren't there. There's like a fucking <laughs> a garbage truck just after collecting everything. He's and like, you know what's funny about that scene, right? <laughs> it's when you're looking at it, you're just like, there's a box in the foreground of the screen and you're just like, that's the box. I guarantee you the glass are in that. <laughs> and he climbs over, he's like mountain of shit <laughs> and then like perfectly placed. Pulls out one glass and he's like, amazing. <laughs> what I want to know is, uh, those bins aren't that big. Who puts, like, where did they get all those boxes from? The, the, yeah. the truck the, the garbage truck is filled with gigantic cardboard boxes right and all those rubbish cans are like Oscar the Grouch cans you know what I mean like <laughs> medium sized tin cans I'm totally reading into this too much I'm just thinking box to can size ratio yeah I think there's a discrepancy a clear discrepancy John Carpenter you know and that's all I'm saying yeah you know that is saying? not how sanitation is dealt with exactly you know what I mean like you know I've I've cleaned up many rubbish in my time <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so like he goes through, he he hits a button on the back of the the garbage truck as he sees the garbage truck driving away. And as you said, he go, climbs over all this rubbish. And in the for some reason, I'm not sure if he does it or I think the garbage truck guy's maybe having an argument with someone. It sounds like does it? And then, yeah, and they're it sounds like they're kind of like having an argument with someone, maybe not paying for the collection or some shit. Mm. And I think that's why they dump and the because it starts tipping up. And I was wondering, and I think. I overheard the drivers or whatever having an argument with someone that's supposed to be who they're collecting for and they start like uh tipping up the fucking back of the truck mm. and the uh, like the thing about it is he had to open up that by pressing a button and they never come around to check see if the door's open on the garbage truck before they start taping out they just start tipping out like you know what i mean like, oh yeah like i mean there are so <laughs> many inconsistencies with this like very small part of the movie <laughs> yeah. like even the thing opening up like you definitely fucking hear that. You yeah. definitely see a crazy white, a crazy jacked white guy with a mullet yeah. trying to get into the back of the garbage truck. I mean, 
you know, <laughs> I know it's a movie about aliens, but come on, John Carpenter. Uh, interdimensional beings, I think. Is it? <laughs> Are they I, aliens? Are they? I don't I think... know. They're, they're um, something, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, Roddy Piper goes through the boxes and he finds... I think only one or maybe one one, one pair, yeah. Yeah, or is it, is it more than one pair? Because like when he's going through the box, you kind you kind of see something at the bottom of it. And you buy uh, because later on, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but he has one for Keith David as well. Do you remember? So I think oh, he yeah, must yeah. have had more than one pair because I was full oh, sure. No, 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 no. I, re- I remember that part. There, there yeah. is a reason how he gets the second pair. Oh, is there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'll point that out when, I get, when we get to it. Cool, cool. Because I figured that he, maybe he just had a second pair in his pocket or something. But like, so he gets a pair of sunglasses uh, from the garbage truck. And this, and this is where he tries to get back in touch with Keith David again because those star-crossed lovers need to be reunited. And what can only be described as the most entertaining part of the movie. Well... Definitely in the top three most entertaining parts of the movie. I think I, I kind of feel like yeah. as well when I was watching this. So like obviously we're reintroduced to Keith David, he comes back, you know, oh here's your pay, I could only get a week. Yeah. <laughs> and like it, it's like all rationale goes out the window here. Where like instead of like saying, Hey man, try these on and tell me what you see, just real quick. Yeah. We are introduced to like a five minute battle fucking right <laughs> And like all I can think of here is like John Carpenter just gave up and Roddy Piper acting. He's just like, hey man, you're a wrestler. <laughs> you do what you know. You wrestle. <laughs> Keith, you're probably going to get fucked up here. So just give it as good as you get. And my fucking God, was that an amazing place? <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, so, so um, what's, what the fuck was Keith David's character's name again? Um, uh, who even cares? <laughs> Frank. So, Frank, yeah. So Frank uh, and Nada get reunited and uh, they have like a good old fashioned slobber knocker to beat the shit out of each other in the back alleyway in Los Angeles. And like, they like, coming to, it's like, it's like, literally, it's like, it's like coming to a town near you, Keith David. Yeah. <laughs> versus Rowdy Piper. <laughs> like, there was definitely, there was like 100% two half suplexes. Yeah. And like, there, there was a clothesline. No, that was earlier because Rowdy yeah, Piper clotheslined multiple- the cop. Multiple knees to the dick, like oh my god, an unnecessary amount of knees to the dick. If you ask me, like you know what I mean, like Keith David gets on top of Roddy Piper and he just wails on his dick with his knees, like it's ridiculous. And I've never seen such good knee form, like (laughs) like he was like papa papa papa, like it was just like it was like a metronome, a metronome, if you will. (laughs) You know, (laughs) get out. (laughs) I'll finish this podcast. Yeah, well, I'll see you later. <laughs> Damn it, four times this month. <laughs> I do feel like by the second knee, his testicles, they're, they're both, they've exploded by this point. <laughs> there is not a left but a crater where this man's testicles <laughs> Like, and he, it's like every knee is full force. Like, if any dude is out there being knee to the dick or to the balls, like, it will turn off your brain. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just makes contact in a way nothing else does. And it will just turn off your brain. Like, by the fourth time, like, Keith David could have done anything to him. But, like, Roddy Piper just, like, takes the fourth knee and he just, like, kind of rolls him off him. And I'm pretty sure there's, like, another two or three minutes of a fight after this. Oh, there is. There's, no, there's a whole point where, like, he picks up a fucking two by four, uh, go, swings, misses, breaks a car window, and starts laughing, saying, oh, hey, man, I didn't mean to do any of this. Excuse the headbutts and, like, you know, the kicks to the face. And then yeah. Keith David pulls out this ridiculously oversized bottle that like smashes the smithereens <laughs> when he tries to get a piece of fucking glass. Yeah, to take the like, Rowdy Piper's like, Rowdy be Rowdy. 
Yeah. It's what I do. Rowdy be rowdy. <laughs> I'm just doing rowdy stuff. It's what I do, you know. <coughs> uh, but, like, yeah, so, like, do you notice the way, like, as well, there's about two or three times in the fight where he could have easily put the sunglasses on Keith David before he actually does. Like, you know, the, like, he's like, nah, I put this, put, put the sunglasses on. No, we're going to fight for another 10 minutes. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so they kick the shit out of each other. He damages his car. And then, like, I think they fight a little bit longer again because eventually Keith David's on the ground, kind of like half incapacitated. And uh, Rowdy Piper puts the glasses on him. And does he, like, help him up? Because he sees, like, a person at the end of the alleyway walking by, like, just a bystander that looks down at them. And he looks at them and they're like staring at, he's like, I think he's staring at this like five-year person for a couple of seconds, isn't it? And then like they immediately, they're back on the watch. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, he's like, oh no, somebody looked at me for more than five <laughs> seconds. I think they're onto us. <laughs> he's like, oh no, somebody made eye contact. They're wearing sunglasses. They're onto us. Yeah. Like if they're yeah. not easily startled, like how the fuck? <laughs> like, how, how are they on this planet? <laughs> Like, how have they remained hidden for so long? Because the collateral damage would be so high. Because like, they freak out so quickly. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, somebody just walked past me and briefly touched <laughs> on my arm and they're onto us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, it, this is where Roddy Piper and Keith David become, like, you know, best of buddies. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is where the buddy cop aspect of the movie kind of kicks yeah. off. This is where they like to become Kmart, Murtaugh and Riggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, key, like uh, key, uh so this is where actually like they become buddies or whatever, but does Keith David get his sunglasses before so, they go to the B and B or the motel or whatever it is? So if I'm remembering it correctly, which is fucking terrible to say because I only watched it a couple of hours ago, like less than two hours ago. It's it's amazing how much you can repress of a bad movie yeah, so quickly. But like so if I'm remembering this correctly, what happens is David is obviously introduced to the posh. He sees all this shit going on. Um, then they show up at this place where they're both... Oh, actually, he must have a second pair because I'm just after remembering when they show up at that fucking hotel. Yeah. No, they both have the glasses yeah. and they are <laughs> fucked up. Like, they are totally fucked up. Yeah. And then they've got glasses on. So, yeah, yeah no, you're right. There must, there must have been a second pair. Do you know what I love about this, though, right? Because, like, Keith David, up until this point, believes Roddy Piper is an insane drifter that's just murdered people, held up a bank, assaulted police officers, done, could be responsible for untold amount of crimes across the country, for all you know. <laughs> he immediately buys into the conspiracy. Like, immediately. Like, you'd be like, oh, this guy's fucked up in the head and has obviously got jokes on glasses and he's lost his mind. But he's like, no, I'm on board. You but know you know what? To elaborate on that a bit more, to jump back just Go a couple on. of fucking minutes. No worries. He showed, like, when, when like, Roddy Piper confronts him at the construction site, <laughs> David is aware that he's just after, you know, going on a killing spree. <laughs> and then later, shows up, he tracks him tracks him down to give him his wages. And he's yeah. like, hey, man, this is all I could get. Happy <laughs> killing. And then, like you said, completely believes it. He's just like, there is a stage in all of those sequences where he did not stop for one second. It's like, Okay, I am assisting a mass murderer here right now. <laughs> am I not an accessory to this crime? Even before he realizes there's aliens or interdimensional. <laughs> like, because Keith David knows he'd just be rowdy. You know what <sighs> I mean? He's like, oh, rowdy. <laughs> I was like, doop, 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 that's rowdy. <laughs> God. There, so much could have been like 
you know, you could have overlooked so much if that kind of chimed in every now and again. Oh, this scene is so ridiculous. That's rowdy. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you remember that in Robot Chicken? Yeah. We're like, oh, that's Bane. And he's like, oh, Bane, don't do it. Don't do it again, Bane, please don't. Bane, don't do it. And he's like, breaks his back. <laughs> but, um, so like, <laughs> so Rowdy Piper enlists uh, Keith David, you know, who's obviously lost his mind from the events of the thing. And, um, immediately jumps on board because he's like well I saw it when Outpost 31 yeah. <laughs> it's like I'll believe anything <laughs> <laughs> and um, so uh, Childs gets this, <laughs> like so he gets Childs in and because um, Childs is obviously suffering PTSD from the events of the thing becomes like immediately like Roddy Piper's follower slash buddy slash lover um, but yeah. like so they go to this like hostel or like you know a hotel or whatever the fuck like a halfway house kind of place and they check in and Ruddy Piper goes in. He's like, I think it'd be a good time to brood. I think this would be a really good time to brood. He's like, Keith David's going to go get some shopping. And I'm going to go brood for a while. Oh my God, you're totally overlooking the <laughs> the, the monologue that we that we were uh, given <laughs> by Rowdy Piper. That's what I'm talking about. He goes brooding on the bed. <laughs> and I'm daddy's little boy no more. <laughs> Yeah, oh man. Like, I bet you Roddy Piper was like, when he was saying this monologue, he's like, John, I don't want to say it be too big headed, but I'm going to start writing my Oscar speech right now. <laughs> like, I want him to use that clip, first of all. Right, that's that's first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I'm wearing a kilt. At the ceremony, I'm wearing a kilt because Rowdy be Rowdy. Yeah, Rowdy you know, be Rowdy. Rowdy be Rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Rowdy Piper like does one of the most beautiful soliloquies ever, <laughs> like, like beautiful monologue. Just like reaches into your soul, takes it out, and never returns it again. You know what I mean? It was that beautiful. Landmark acting, screenplay top notch. <laughs> like the way it was shot, poet, poetic. You know what I mean? Like everything hit me in a way that I was not only not prepared for, but not able to maintain. You know what I mean? Like literally, like. It got my heart squeezed it so much, released it, <laughs> and I was a whole new person. These, these are all the emotions that I felt also. You know, this, this is what I'm talking about. This is landmark movie making. This is what I'm talking about. Like, you know what I mean? You what can only about... be described as explosive <laughs> acting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was Roddy Piper's Hamlet moment. It was, just, <laughs> it was used to be or not to be. Like, I'm not a little boy anymore, daddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oscar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how you make movies, people. That's how it is done. You know, you get Roddy Piper, you just give him the camera. You let him chew up the scenery and he's going to digest it and you're going to digest it and it's going to be a steady diet until the movie completes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You know that what I mean? scene so, made me kind of think, <laughs> it, it, it kind of made me wonder how much of this movie was shot in one take. Like <laughs> how many scenes were done were just like, that's it. We fucking got it. I, that, I, was, that was Roddy Piper's name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nail that, John. Next yeah. scene. Next scene. It's like uh, take two. Uh, Roddy be Rowdy. You don't do no second takes. <laughs> uh, give me that call. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Like Allegedly. starting to chew yeah. the bagpipes. <laughs> Allegedly. He's a good man. Rest in peace. We all love Roddy Piper over here. Roddy Legend. <laughs> so, Roddy Piper. Um, like you know breaks our hearts and um 
Pete David runs into someone outside, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's collecting his errands. He's doing some shopping exploring <laughs> the new world that he's been introduced to. Uh, and then uh, we're reintroduced to, well. to uh, an, a character from the beginning of the movie who was kind yeah. of like... Greasy you, knew, you knew there was something wrong with him, but you didn't know what it was. And now suddenly mm. he's the... He's the oracle for answers here. He, he's going yeah. to explain what's going down, why it's going down, what's happening. And uh, yeah, put the, the next scene. He's the information character. Like there's, all, there's always an information character in these movies. Oh, there has to be. I'd yeah. also like to point out, at this point of the movie, we're an hour deep and yeah. there is less than 30 minutes screen time. So <laughs> we, we've seen, you know, a bit of story, a crazy <laughs> rampage, uh, excellent excellent fight and now you know it's, it's established we, we have we have our protagonists we have our buddy yeah. cop uh, set up <laughs> we've just been introduced to the information guy let's go Let, let's roll on with yeah. this movie yeah and then you're like you're looking at it and you're like how the fuck are they going to wrap this story up in yeah. 30 minutes <laughs> absolutely <Yeah. laughs> like literally like as I, I actually checked twice like after this because I was like okay he's only after getting introduced to it now there must be an hour left in this movie and I checked it and I was like that can't be right and you, know what's even, <laughs> you know what's even crazier about that like just to kind of elaborate on that a bit more jump to the next scene where we're meeting all these people that know about it which is like what another five ten minute scene yeah. and then like they established a plan and you're like holy shit there's 15 minutes left 15 you know, 15 20 minutes left it's like how the fuck are they going to fit in everything that they've established that they need to do in the last bit of this movie? This is where I feel like, you know, they're off their face and coke. They're writing this movie. Allegedly. It's, it's allegedly. <laughs> they're, they're allegedly taking all this cocaine up the nose, in the mouth, you know, whatever. Injecting it in the right balls, whatever. <laughs> they've wrote in this epic screenplay, which runs now at 60 minutes. Yeah. And they realize, shit. We've only got half an hour left. We need to get this. We need to resolve this story right now. Yeah. They're like, Mr. Carpenter, uh, we have a couple hundred thousand left in the budget. Uh, we can either extend the movie by 15 minutes or we can, you know, bring the guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, get the guy in here because uh, Rowdy be Rowdy and he needs his margin powder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, like... They, like, I think these characters have been introduced probably about 20 minutes previously. Like, you could have five minutes of Rowdy Piper walking around Los Angeles instead of 20. And these characters could be introduced way quicker and we could have really built to the finish instead of it, like, just being thrown together so fast at the end, you know? Well, it seems like a crazy shame, especially yeah. for John Carpenter, because, like, you know, when he does sci-fi, it is fucking really entertaining. It's, like, a very linear story. It, like, gradually builds pace to, like, the crescendo then of like what's going to happen yeah whereas like i feel like the mass first suspense the first hour of this movie could have been done in the first 10 15 minutes and then you could have concentrated far more on the fact that they now know what's going on yeah let's devise a plan let's do something it fails we'll do something else yeah. might fail then we go to the big finish yeah instead like, it's just like you could have had uh you could have even instead of him being just a drifter because like like he could have just had him maybe being a part of the society or he could have been a conspiracy minded or something you know what i mean you could have had him being a bit more crazy that he believes it quickly because the, the 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 quickness and how he believes it is insane like you know what i mean like he's like oh, yeah, i'm gonna kill everybody now like, I made, <laughs> like this movie would have made way more sense if roddy piper was just insane 
and Keith David was also insane and he just met him share his delusion and they were just killing innocent people. That's how this should have been. This movie should have been, in my opinion. And there should have been like a twist ending where you find out he's just like a mass murderer that's convinced this other mentally unstable guy to uh, join him in his crimes. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been a much better movie. Like, but John Carpenter's a legend. Um, <laughs> so, like, um, uh, so uh, they get in- inducted into the Underground Hall of Fame. <laughs> but, yeah. they, so, they've now been upgraded from sunglasses to contact lenses. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's so much, like, ground covered in the last 20 minutes, it's insane. Like, there's an hour's worth of storytelling told in the last 20 minutes of the movie, like. Yeah, and, like, they never really <laughs> touch on how they've developed technology to, like, <laughs> see aliens or interdimensional beings. It's like... Catholic church money, motherfucker. Yeah, it seems like that. It's yeah. like, okay, so we've got this, like, super advanced technology that we're going to cram into these cheapy, like, sunglasses. Yeah. We're never going to tell you anything else about it, and we have no other technology. Yeah, like when this movie would be amazing if it was the Catholic Church versus interdimensional aliens. Oh my god. But like, then you again, know, you know like a new take on the exorcist where it's like they're actually not like possessed by demons, they're just interdimensional aliens. And I think you're like you're trying to get it like you see you're looking at them, they think they're demons because they perceive it through the religious faith. Like actually John was telling me um about this, John O'Reilly, that like Signs was initially supposed to be based around you know Mel Gibson is like a preacher, former preacher, and his yeah, wife died. Yeah. And like it was supposed to be initially based around them not being aliens, but they were supposed to be demons from hell. Oh. And he was supposed this and it makes so much more sense because it you have you're talking about a religious man that's lost his faith and he was supposed to confront the actual existence. It's very similar to the exorcist in a lot of ways. Because uh is it um Father, oh, what's his name? Shit. Um, is uh, well, shit. What's his name? It's like your your mother's here with me. Oh, fuck. What's his name? So, uh, so like, yeah, it's kind of like similar to the Exorcist world, or like a priest has lost faith and he had to come um to terms with um the existence of heaven and hell and all this kind of shit. But it was changed to aliens and like, and that's why I think the water was supposed to hurt them because. Mm-hmm. You know, like holy water or some shit, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh Father uh fucking Father Karis. Thank you. Yeah, so Father Karis in The Exorcist who's lost faith. Because remember, I love that movie. He's like, Your mother's here with me, Karis. <laughs> 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 fucking love that movie, man. I've like it's like a movie that I came to late, like in my late teens, early twenties, the first time I've ever really seen it. Like, you know. Yeah. And I was always a big a massive horror fan, but I, the older I've gotten, the more and more I've watched it. I normally watch it every couple of years now. I, I watched the sequels again recently, and um, a lot of people enjoyed the third movie. But I didn't enjoy it at all. It was if, I don't if, think I've seen anything past the first one, and I think the last mm, time I've seen it, I, I think I was like twenty, maybe it's twenty-one. So, it's so disappointing um, with a lot of horror franchises back in the day that the legendary movies are never followed up by worthy sequels. You know what I mean? Like the Omen. You know, like uh, fucking poltergeist, like fucking what were we talking about there a second ago, The Exorcist. I did, you know, uh, just, even... uh, just to go back there for a second with The Omen. I actually yeah. did enjoy the third one with Sam mm. Neill. You were wrong, but like, that's cool. No, no, I didn't say it was a good movie. <laughs> I just said I enjoyed it. <laughs> I know. She's Let us be clear though, right? Jared Bice's opinions are his own. <laughs> and we over here, Potty Snatchers, do not share. <laughs> well, they could. <laughs> Carolyn Noel made like Omen 3. They would also be wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. Like I actually, 
it's funny though because you know when you grow up and you see a lot of these like you watch the omen and the exorcist there's like, years and years and years before you'll ever see the sequels yeah like you know what i mean like i never seen the omen sequence until like five or six years ago or maybe not maybe eight or nine years ago um i the first time i'd seen the omen sequence like, you know what i mean i'd seen the first one ages ago fucking that music when the dog's on it scares the yeah. shit out of me but um so going back to the movie so like uh so what we did was there because there's like very little left we gave you five minutes of nonsensical content yeah. <laughs> yeah. i also just would like to elaborate on the, the catholic church kind of side of it yeah go ahead that movie idea <laughs> if I they had this. the if they had the intermen or interdimensional you know beings yeah and the reason the church were involved you could have had a twist ending that jesus was one of them <laughs> that when he died he actually didn't die he just went back to his different dimension because his wrist thingy broke yeah came back uh, on the sunday <laughs> and then like infiltrated the catholic church that could have been the surprise ending oh, oh jesus christ like oh man like we're gonna have the catholic church coming after you boys yeah you're probably too old for them um allegedly not allegedly really, not really because you know <laughs> we know we know we know it's we never know. too old yeah <laughs> so like uh so uh, Keith Davis, uh, Keith, sorry, Keith David, Roddy Piper, they're, in, like, they're introduced this underground network that are combating these interdimensional beings. As you said, they get upgraded from sunglasses to contact lenses. They immediately, once again, trust that these people that look like, you know, they live like underground, like literally underground. Like these people nearly look subterranean in nature. But they immediately believe that like, yeah, it's cool. We'll stick this thing in our eye because this woman at a table, like, it looks like she's at a bake sale. Just like you know what I mean, so uh, they get upgraded, and soon as they get upgraded, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, once again, seemingly the cops in this, in LA in this place believe in blitzkrieg attacks, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, and they just like lay waste to the building that the fucking you know freedom fighters of humanity are hiding away in. <laughs> Which is why I think it's funny about that scene because this is where we're reintroduced to Meg Foster, yeah, who randomly shows up with the sunglasses. Oh, and like, yeah. not only does she randomly show up, she shows up in a way that you're kind of thinking is like, she knows something because she is displaying absolutely no fucking emotion. And Roddy yeah. Piper just slinks over to her like some sleazy yeah. pervert. Yeah. And then a few yeah. 30 seconds later and the fucking place is like explosion out of nowhere. And yeah. like <laughs> you know, the military force that is the yeah. LAPD. <laughs> There's like, just lays fucking uh, waste in this warehouse. There's like, there's uh, 15 people in there. Okay, send in everyone. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what do you mean, sir? I mean everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and like, like, did you know us as well, right? Because um, obviously I didn't pay too much attention to the earlier scenes where he has the gun. Yeah. But he does that whole, like, fucking John Rambo aim with the gun where he holds it out to his side and balances himself with the, the arm. Yeah, and then just, like, fires yeah. wildly while, like, ah! Uh, man, that's the good old-fashioned spray and pray, man. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. was, like, it was such a telltale, like, see, or not telltale, it was, like, such a common scene in 80s movies. You couldn't not have it in this. It's like punch shooting. It's like they're yeah. punching the air with the gun. They're like punching the bullet at like their target, which would make no sense because you know. And like the thing is, I used to, I love about the '80s movies that everybody shot their guns one-handed. Like yeah. I was, I watched the Predator movies back a while ago. I watched them all the time. Love those fucking movies. 
um, uh, the first movie. Sorry, I love some of those fucking movies. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but like the first movie in Aaron Schwarzenegger, which was the part where they're going through the, the jungle. And he's got this gigantic gun and he just starts like he's not only is he carrying it like he just like you know when you carry a gun you're supposed to aim it downwards right and a lot of the other yeah. movies are aiming it up you're supposed to aim it down right he's walking around with just in his hand like this like as if it was just like so he could like he's like and the whole way through the movie he never puts two hands on a machine gun yeah like, he's like he's got an assault rifle he's just like man swash is just like no you got a hold of two hands like uh already the muscles i don't <laughs> Don't need two hands. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? The worst Iron Swastiker. You see, that's the whole point of those movies. It's just like that these action heroes are like so fucking burly and like, you know, hardy. That like, mean. we don't, like, there are no kickback. Like, there's no kickback from this gun. Yeah, even if there is, they won't feel it because their arms are so big. But not even that. It's just like, oh, there's kickback. My body has absorbed it and I'm yeah. going to shoot it back <laughs> out through this gun. And he's like, mm, mm, mm. and he's just like making that noise because his body's absorbing the kickback. And so, yeah, so Rowdy Piper and uh, his uh, cohorts are like pretty much nearly wiped out to the last man, except for Rowdy Piper. David, uh, oh, we should also sorry for cutting across you. Oh, no, we should also ahead. just kind of jump in here and um, highlight the fact because this is a yeah. plot a plot device at the end of all this uh, mayhem. He Go gets ahead. a watch um, uh, that actually uh, turns out to be um, one of the interdimensional creatures. Watching. Yeah, like he he has one of those and just like it's not working initially, so you have to try figure it out. Yeah. I don't understand how there's only one button on the fucking watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's a watch winded. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then like we cut to the the chase scene then where like he's um, you know, all this is happening, um, yeah. but like you know, then we cue to like the next scene. Right. So before we uh, run into the final finish, we go to a quick break, and um, you want to go to a quick break? Yeah. Be right back. All right. Cool. We'll be right back. See you in a few minutes, folks. From John Carpenter. They control what you see. We have been lulled into a trance. They decide what you hear. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. You think they're people, just like you. What do these things want, and why are they here? You're wrong. Dead wrong. John Carpenter's They Live, Rated R. Starts Friday, November 4th at theaters everywhere. And we're back from the break. I'm your host, Vincent Green. This is Invasion of Potty Snatchers. I'm still here with Joe Boise. Hello, Boise. Hello, everyone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the last time we left you, we were running into the climax of the 1988 classic, I guess. Um, uh, directed by John Carpenter, Stan Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David. That's They Live, the story about a guy who, a drifter who picked up sunglasses and one day seen interdimensional beings and totally threw himself right into conspiracy head first because Rowdy be Rowdy. Yeah. Um, so, so when we left you, uh, they were after fighting the underground, uh, uh, the underground, you know, freedom fighters. They just got wiped out. The police had just like you know, goose stepped their way right through the facility, laid waste mm-hmm. the whole place. The survivors scattered, and we were joined with um, Roddy Roddy Piper, Keith David. Um, is the girl with them? The woman? She's not with them, isn't she? Not. No, because like it's a whole thing. She shows up fucking randomly, and yeah. like what. Well, you know, it's bizarre is that like no one is kind of like suspicious of her. She just randomly shows up at classes <laughs> and I just like, like sup. Yeah. Then Roddy Piper just kind of like, oh, hey, I need to say hello to someone. Go over. <laughs> yeah. And then like, yeah, after that initial explosion where like 
like you said, they goose stepped her way into like the factory. Like yeah. she just disappears from that scene. Like she's not seen again. <laughs> yeah, she's like literally blown to safety. Like I would have building to another place entirely. <laughs> She's like, she was blown to a different scene. <laughs> Loaded into a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> has there been a better movie met than this? Yes, there I has. I don't know. <laughs> the best movie I watched today. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so Rowdy, P- uh, Rowdy Piper and um, uh, Keith David run away and they've taken this watch they were given earlier on, this malfunctioning interdimensional uh watch that belongs to one of these creatures from um, another par- parallel universe whatever the fuck and um when they uh, they run down an alleyway or some shit and um is That's it right. is there like a scuffle or something because the watch falls on the ground so when when we get to the alleyway scene there is one of the most i don't know like most uncoordinated fucking shootout scenes <laughs> i've seen like in a long time in a movie where like there seems to be an endless supply of enemies and you know Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Kurt David Kurt Daniels what's his name? Uh, Keith David <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking Kurt Russell weren't you in the back yeah. of your head uh, man amount of times I've paused before saying Rowdy Piper's name because I think I'm going to say Kurt Russell <laughs> it's the fucking mullet man you put it in my head yeah and plus as well your fucking background isn't helping a glorious mullet look at this, this guy look I'm, I've got <laughs> I've got no like I've got barely any hair I've got a mullet look at that that's that's yeah. how you Let's see a line up a background. It's such a seamless transition. <laughs> to like most of this movie, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, like, I mean, there's just like a ridiculous amount of fucking enemies shooting at these two guys. Yeah. Rowdy Piper has a couple of scenes where it's just him in the John Rambo pose with the gun <laughs> and the crazy eyes screaming. Yeah. yeah. And like, Rowdy, Rowdy there's Rambo. just a fucking rainstorm of bullets coming down on him. I don't think I don't think he manages to get hit once, but yeah, he kills about <laughs> half a dozen people. Yeah, like man, he's like white herb. Like you know what I mean? Like he he if he was wearing a trench coat, he'd just see bullet holes all in the trench coat, and yeah. he's like magically unharmed. Like you know what I mean? But I'm uh, half expecting him to like catch a fucking bullet in his mouth and then spit it back. At him. <laughs> oh, rowdy! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he did it again. <laughs> It's like, if you were in Kevlar, no, I'm a Roddy Piper. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so like, uh, there's a shootout with the police. They escape, they get down an alleyway. This fucking watch falls on the ground, this malfunctioning watch. And then all of a sudden, um, a signal or a vice starts coming out of it. And it's like this woman, she's like, your watch or your device is malfunctioning. You have 10 seconds to return home or some bullshit. And the countdown starts happening. And Roddy Piper, being a good friend, goes to Keith David, you jump in there. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, Roddy Piper's like, well, if it doesn't cut him in half, I'll maybe follow him in there. And um, so Keith David jumps in, like, (coughs) obviously apprehensive, like, uh, as you would be. Oh, yeah. And Keith David jumps in this fucking um, wormhole or whatever the fuck. And uh, Roddy Piper jumps in right after him as the police, I think, are closing in on the count of one. And all of a sudden, they're in this like underground facility or some shit, and they realize that uh, um, there's like no, there's like a voice, like an announcer, intercom over, like saying the same thing. Like, if you're in this level or some shit, uh, you'll read the bi- like the instructions at the end of every hall or something, or bilingual, or some bullshit like this. And they find like alien, it looks like alien language on the walls, and they're kind of you know going throughout the facility. And <laughs> the, the, this like, secret facility has the worst security. 
of all time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we got him. We won the battle. We got him. Let's run away and celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> While the other two sneak oh, by. <laughs> yeah, like pure Scooby Doo. It's like jinkies. Yeah. <laughs> Zoinks, nada. <laughs> yeah. Like how how do these like how did this like you know a race of like whatever they are like take over the planet and then like, they're so inept. At like, like how many of them have died trying to capture two people? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like scores of them. <laughs> like a legion of interdimensional creatures has been wiped out by Roddy Piper since the start of this movie. Yeah, it's like Roddy Piper, like the Messiah or something like for humankind. <laughs> well, Jesus did have a magnificent mullet himself. He did. Yeah, he, you know, he did. You know, hallowed be thy name. You know, hallowed be thy mullet. <laughs> Um, if you can pull it off, then you are worthy of that title. <laughs> if you can pull it, wear a mullet. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, Roddy Piper and Keith David start going through this facility that's like the worst guard ever, right? And they go through to get past the security guards, the Scooby Doo right past them, walk straight, like they hear voices, like something's going on, and they walk straight in. Like these are supposed to, like I think the guy uh, describes them as the human power elite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, and like they have no security, like no, they just walk straight in to like this like gala or some bullshit that's going on, <laughs> and just stand there as your man makes a speech and they have just their their contact lenses on so they can see who's alien and who's human, and they can see that there's this like underground cabal. The internet was right controlling yeah. the world, and they're dealing with these like you know other other creatures from another dimension or some bullshit. What like. What what you make of the scene where it was kind of like I think it was, is it um, is it actually in Citizen Kim where he has that big speech and he has the thing behind him? Um, so yeah. Did you think they were trying to like I know we were joking about Citizen Kane earlier you were, <laughs> but do you think they were kind of trying to convey a similar style where your man was up on the podium and that when they could see the big obey sign behind him? That's the kind of maybe. I, I think if if I'm being perfectly honest, I think we might be giving them too much credit for like. You know, planning this like homage to like you know, arguably one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, like like Citizen Kane. This movie's more like Citizen Cocaine. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like at this point we're at like peak coke, you know, output. Peak alleged coke usage. Yeah, but um, it's like it's kind of like you were saying. It's kind of ridiculous, like how shitty the security is. Like that yeah. two guys randomly show up to this thing with guns yeah. in their belts they, f- they come in all their arms yeah look totally out of place and then some guy comes in and just like oh hey you guys got in yeah it's <laughs> like didn't dress for the occasion yeah. Uh, yeah i didn't dress for that occasion <laughs> do you want me to show you around uh, yes please yeah, that's the dude we were talking about before um we came back on there that's the the homeless dude isn't it we think yeah. i think it's the homeless dude from the because they mentioned mention like within the year everyone that has cooperated with the aliens or interdimensional creatures whatever have had their net worth um increased by 39 percent right and if this guy's homeless if his net worth is increased by 39 percent i'm pretty sure that would not put him shoulder to shoulder with the human power elite of the world like you know what i mean yeah and like <laughs> if we're if we're getting into semantics he'd have 39 dollars <laughs> I, I was even going to say he'd have zero like so if you're homeless and have nothing and that increased by 39 percent, 39 by nothing is nothing <laughs> just say it <laughs> but no this is not how john carpenter understands maths <laughs> yeah who's a legend 
<laughs> we're just we're just jabing here, people. Yeah. <laughs> John, I love you. <laughs> um, so the the homeless dude who's now turned full trading places. He's like Eddie Murphy in trading places. He's got like a suit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So he's like he's co- he's come good. Uh, he's cooperation with the aliens. You know, he's trying to. And now this is where they're, they're they're trying to win them over, you know. Come with us is the kind of like <laughs> we're here for the betterment of humanity. Is pretty much like yeah. you know this is what this whole scene is about, and it's like <laughs> and um, so the isn't it the speech is over, um the man gives his speech <coughs> and then he leads. Uh, is it the homeless dude or is it the guy that was giving the speech that leads? Roddy oh, no, Piper. It's- it's the homeless guy because he kind of shimmies up to him and is just like, oh, you got in, blah, blah, blah. You didn't dress for the occasion. He's just like... Um, so you bring him on the tour? Yeah, because he asks, he's just like, um, have you seen the place before? And he's like, no. And then he's like, I'll give you the grand tour. And then there's like, yeah, yeah. And like, what can only be described as like one of the like worst acted scenes ever. They're walking down <laughs> a corridor. They're walking down a corridor, right? And then all of a sudden your man stops. Four of the other actors, Rowdy Piper and Keith Daniels, Key David. Key David. <laughs> Where the fuck am I getting Daniels from? <laughs> like, it wouldn't be so bad if you were saying Kurt David or something. Yeah. <laughs> so Keith David and Roddy Piper, they're clearly there. And your man just stops and he's looking directly, you know, kind of like they're standing here and like yeah. they're off to the side. And your man yeah. is like, oh, have you seen this yet? And then like he, tur- he turns his head about an inch and was like, Oh my god! <laughs> Space? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, so like pretty much paint the picture. So like um I was gonna call him <laughs> Kurt David. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you. Uh, you've incepted me. Um Exactly. But uh, yeah, so Keith David and Roddy Piper are showing the grand tours you said, and they're like your man brings him to this room. Where it's like space is on the window, <laughs> and uh, this is an underground facility. Let my eye add, my eye add <laughs> clearly. Like unless they've got teleported to a spaceship, which did happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, so we see people walking over to this like pod or like a platform, and they start getting shot across space with the same kind of subtlety as Doom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they got like shot out across space. Like they're like they're being sent to Jupiter or some bullshit. Yeah, there's some blue fucking planet in front of them that one gets shot at and then the other guy gets shot. The total opposite fucking direction. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh, we didn't like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, there's other planets, so there's a whole fucking web of like, you know, these people trying to take over. Yeah, like That's- this this probably should have been information we were given an hour into the movie. Oh my god, like this is what I'm saying. Like, you could have had so let's rewind and go back to the start. Everything that's happened from the start up to this point could have been condensed into the first 10 to 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, now, I know we'd lose out on like that epic fight scene and <laughs> you know that amazing rampage that he goes on. <laughs> but you know, compromise. I, like, I just think like, if this movie needed that and it needed more Rowdy Ready Piper walking around Los Angeles, yeah, you know what I mean. Just like, I think he was like, my character's a drifter, so I need him to drift a lot. <laughs> he needs to drift around a lot <laughs> you know what I mean but, um, so like it, uh, we see people getting shot across space and uh, Roddy Piper and Keith David are like you know what the fuck as are, are we all you know what I mean like, <laughs> and, <laughs> we're like okay 
And so this is where this movie's going, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, and the thing is, it could have gone any other direction and you would have just went, oh, this is where this movie's going. I guess you know, I would have believed any ending at this stage. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this as well, it's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm like deep diving into this too much. like, but Or not enough. Yeah, I don't know. But it goes from like their interdimensional species yeah. or whatever. And like then it, they kind of go lean towards the narrative, like, oh no, well they're just aliens that like yeah. took over, you know, a random planet. <laughs> like, you know, pick a fucking niche. Like they can either be like this or that. Do you well, think, I know? I, do you think they meant interstellar instead of interdimensional and they just got mixed <laughs> just up? Like, <laughs> shit, he messed up his life. Yeah. You don't have enough money to go back. Whereas yeah. like Rowdy's not doing any more takes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're interdimensional. <laughs> <laughs> but we had the finale shot uh, yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> um, so like yeah so Rowdy Piper and, uh, and Keith David alright um, is this where pretty much hell breaks loose in yeah so this is where like the, the next part after this so obviously that scene happens and then we're brought to like where they're introduced to like you know the brain of the brains of the operation yeah you know random you know or what's the fucking word I'm looking for I don't know, stock shot, stock 80 shot of like, you know, computers, machines, yeah. people, people operating random levers and switches. Yeah, yeah. This is the brains of the operation. Like your generic shots. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, then we're brought then to like, your man shows him like, you know, the newsroom uh, with the <laughs> army guy who's guarding it. Yeah, because they're like sending the signal out. This I think we might. There's pretty much they're sending the signal out through the, it, the, yeah. this TV station, this one TV station. These are like the most haphazard invaders of all time so like oh do you know this signal we're using to control the world let's just send it out from one spot and that'll cover the globe and it'll, it'll be fine it'll be fine like you know los angeles has never had an earthquake it'll be fine you know what i mean it'll be cool <laughs> you know what i mean so like yeah so they're sending the signal out to control the world and keith david and um what's his face rowdy piper have like this kind of like the exhibit uh what's called exposition dump or just give us all the information of their plan and how they're doing it. Mm. The, the kind of things you never disclose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. This is like, our plan. The shittiest villains ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is our plan. This is how we implement it. This is how you destroy us. No, not that button. The button to the, 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 <laughs> button to the left. That's how I'll you... Wipe... I'll push it. Yeah. The button marked genocide. That's how you wipe us out. Not the button to the right. Jesus. That's how you order coffee, guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is fuck's sake. But, um, yeah, so they pretty much tell him everything about them and uh, nearly whip out a book with the genealogy and start fucking mm. going through family trees. And um, so they, uh, Roddy Piper and Keith David, they escape or like... So basically <laughs> what happens next is uh, after all of the details are, you know, revealed and they're like, okay, we know how to beat them. We know where to go. Now we just need to get there. So yeah. they kill the two... Uh, two soldiers guarding the tv station yeah or like the studio i should say yeah um no one reacts to all this gunfire i remember because then it's like oh this is soundproof <laughs> <laughs> yeah like what's what's roddy piper's character's background that you could just knock on glass and know it's soundproof yeah <laughs> and then like your man disappears like he fucking hits his button like with that oh gotta go or whatever the fuck he says yeah uh, so, so like yeah, so the do so the news report they take over the news station now or some shit like so the, oh, why is happens, the end so foggy to me yeah because like <laughs> it, it kind of all like 
you know, because we're at we're at the crescendo now. We're like shit is going to happen. We're yeah. at we're at the end part. Mm. Um, so like after they kill the uh, the soldiers, they kind of they get the weapons and they're just like they know where they need to go. They need to go to the roof. So now they're making their way through the building, and uh, you know panic ensues. People are trying to like call the guards, guards, <laughs> <laughs> trying to call security, <laughs> and like you know get them fucking done. Yeah. Uh, at this point, then. You know, I can't remember if there's some shooting that happens here. You know, a couple of soldiers here, a couple of soldiers there. They're running up and down stairs at some stage. Yeah, because, like, he asked some girl who's, like, calling security. He's like, oh, how do I get to the roof? And he's like, oh, the lift or whatever. <laughs> and then they go, and then, like, he pulls Keith David to the side. He's like, or no, they go into a staircase. And I was just like, there's more than one way to get to the roof. <laughs> and, like, they go upstairs. Like, they're shocked by this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like... uh what happens then? Yeah, so then there's obviously like some shootouts then, you know, the so- shoulder, or shoulders. Yeah. Shoulders are trying to get them, whatever. <laughs> um, and then like, you know, there's a shot then where like they're obviously making their way up and like they're on the 19th floor yeah. and there's a shot then of like officers on the 21st floor. It's like, oh, we're on the 21st, they're on the 19th. We'll wait for them. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like, or do they just, they just go up to like... Does Keith David make it to the roof? Or Keith David? Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, that, that, I'm you. <laughs> I've seen this. Yeah, the, the real name doesn't even seem real anymore. <laughs> yeah, so uh, after all this kind of commotion, we're reintroduced to Meg Foster again. Mm. Yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, like, who, like, throughout all of this as well, she just, like, nonchalantly just, like, goes with him. It's like, we got to get to the roof. <laughs> and then this is where we kind of get to, like, you know, the dying moments of this movie. Where we get to the stairwell, Roddy Piper takes out three, you know, three officers and yeah, yeah. makes his way up. And then Keith David is about to go. And then we see the gun coming up to the back of the head. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we say, Good night, Sweet Prince. You will yeah. not be returning home to your family. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's, Keith David died, does he? He does. Yeah, man. Yeah, he yeah. Won, I forgot him. Oh, yeah. She's turncoat. Yeah. You know what? You know what's mad, right? She gives off the vibe that she's an alien because she's so fucking creepy and intense. And like, there's no real acting there. It's just kind of like, mm. you know, this person's weird. I don't know why. Are they good or are they bad? Or are they just weird? Yeah. And like, <laughs> I don't ever think it's established if she's like, you know, a human or a fucking, you know. No, she must be human because you would have seen through his contact lenses if she was alien or not. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? She must just be crazy then. Yeah, I think she's just one of the human power elite. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> And um, so, like, yeah, she she shoots Keith David. I totally forgot about that. And um, spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah. And um, she shoots Keith David. And um, uh, what's his face? Roddy Piper has a gun, doesn't he? And he, like, goes, like, the hell with it or some shit. And he shoots the Transformer. Oh, no, no. So we're missing, like, the kind of standoff. Go ahead. So he, he gets to, like, he, he's on the roof. He gets to it. He sees the dish. Yeah. He gets up to it. Um, he he sees the thing through his lenses. There's like this fucking like really shitty light bulb that's like going through like <laughs> <I forgot about. laughs> and like he's about to aim his gun, and then like he shouts back. He's like, "Hey, Frank or Keith David, whatever your name is." And then your one chimes in. He's like, "Oh, he didn't make it or some fucking nonsense." And he's yeah. got the gun. Then like the choppers pull around. And he's like, "Freeze! We're gonna fucking fire whatever." Yeah. And then your one says, "Drop the gun. It's over." So he drops it. Turns around, puts his hand down his pants, pulls out the smaller gun. <laughs> I actually forgot about that. Turns around, 
shoots it. Hey, remember, does she kill your one? Or like, what actually fucking happens to her? Uh, man, I believe she's probably like interdimensional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's just got one that watches on and she just like just jumps through the floor every time. Yeah. And then like, obviously, Rowdy Piper goes down in a glorious hail of bullets. And like, the final, you know, the final moment of sheer brilliance from Rowdy Rowdy Piper, he flips the bird at the dish as the signal begins to drop. <laughs> and then we cut to scenes where like, obviously, the, you know, illusion's over. Yeah, and humanity's been freed by Rowdy Rowdy yeah. Piper. They're waking up to the fact that, you know, whatever. I was trying to work the name of the title in there, but... Yeah, no, the yeah, tagline yeah. is, they live, we sleep. There's some bullshit. Yeah, it <laughs> would have been worse than that, so... Yeah. Or would that. it have been... <laughs> yeah. But, um, total side note, though, do you know, like, why are the security guards wearing camouflage? Yeah. They're and... indoors. What's the fucking deal with those like walkie talkies with the little rubber bands and the lights? Oh man, what they, every time they run they like bounce up and down. Man, what what other movie I'm pretty sure they that's a fucking um that's a prop from another movie. Like I'm nearly hundred percent sure I seen communicators in another movie where it was like identical to them. And like I'm like gonna probably eighty sci fi movie. I'm gonna be obsessed now until I find it or until I forget about it in ten, fifteen minutes time. Yeah. If um, only you had a device where you could ask a question. And find out. Nah, it never happened. Music. Never happened. Technology never be achieved. Yeah, that's witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so like after putting you through the torment that was they live, and um, it was I, I wasn't expecting this movie to be what it was. Um, it was fucking insane. What do you think of it overall? Overall, I mean, you know, in terms of like John Carpenter's works, yeah, it's probably not his best. <laughs> I, I, I've definitely enjoyed Genius. it more. Than other John Carpenter movies. Yeah. Um. Don't really understand the rating like that it got. Like it got like a fucking seven point five on IMDb. Yeah, seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just curious if it's just the case that like novelty. Is, yeah, is this one of those movies that's just so ridiculously bad it's good? Like, and not even like oh that's a good movie. It's just it's so entertaining to watch. Yeah. Because it, it's such a pile of shit. <laughs> it's it's. It's definitely unique. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's crazy as well, right? Is that like, as re- like, if you were to pitch that now, like, or if you were to hear the tagline to that movie now, with CGI what it is, and like, you know, the quality mm. of TV or movies that are, you know, being churned out at the moment, you kind of look at that and be like, you know, as long as they don't kind of fucking go, you know, right on the nose at like the social commentary. Yeah. This is actually a pretty, you know, cool idea for a fucking sci-fi movie. Oh, yeah. Or even a TV series. It'd be really cool. Like, you know. Yeah. You know, someone gets the ability to see these interdimensional beings that are controlling the world on a secret level or whatever. You know, that that actually could be cool. Like, and as I said, I never read the short novel that it's based on. Um, It's called. I'll tell you now. I said it earlier. I think it's called 8 o'clock in the morning or some shit. Um. Oh shit! Um, sorry now. All right, yeah, it's called Eight O'clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. I've never read it. I might scope it out though because I say the book is probably going to be better than the movie. <laughs> you know, it's probably like super short, but I'd say it's probably better. See if I can find it on Amazon or some bullshit. But um, so would you recommend this movie, Bicey? <laughs> I would recommend this movie, but only if you're watching it with other people to laugh at. Yeah. 
I think like I know I was texting you during it, and you know I was ten minutes ahead, so it probably. Yeah. You know, I still laughed a lot at myself. <laughs> I feel like if you're there with a group of people, you'd probably laugh a lot louder. Yeah. Will I watch this again? Probably not. But, you know, it was entertaining for what yeah. it was. I could definitely say I would watch this again. Because <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment that way. But I would definitely watch this movie again because I could not believe what what it was. <laughs> and that I hadn't seen it before. <laughs> like, I was just yeah. like... How have I not seen this? I love John Carpenter's movies. I've seen the majority of them, if not nearly all of them. Like, uh, wait, majority and nearly all is pretty much the same thing. Um, but you know what kind of blows my mind about this, right? Is yeah. that you explained earlier that this is like, you know, post the thing. Mm. So like, John Carpenter, like throughout the 80s, even into the 90s as well, he worked with like, you know, some pretty good actors in their own right. Yeah. Like really talented actors. And yeah, Roddy Piper got leading man in a John Carpenter movie. Yeah. I just like like John Carpenter that had made Halloween, made the fog, made the thing at this stage. You know what I mean? Like he made Halloween too. He's like in the yeah. peak of his powers. Did he do Big Trouble in Little China as well? Yeah. When was that? Was that the nineties or the eighties? Idea. I want to say the eighties. Um, but like it's definitely not one of John Carpenter's strongest works. But like, did you think this was um? What you call it? The kind of like the start of the decline. Uh, actually, no, Big Trouble. Yeah, Big Trouble in Little China was nineteen eighty six. So like you had like an eight year period where he made Halloween, Halloween two, The Fog, The Thing, Big Trouble in China. Uh, like unfortunately, it was maybe this was the start of maybe a little bit of the decline, or I know don't know maybe there was a little less trust in him or something because he got like a three million budget after he's making all those movies. Maybe this was a passion project. Maybe ready, but I don't know. Like, this, it's strange to think like John Carpenter and this the idea, the premise of this movie, and the fact that like he gets Roddy Piper's who said, you know, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, like, like, it definitely, you definitely get the vibe, right? I know allegedly there's no coke involved. I think realistically, <laughs> there was a lot of cocaine involved, <laughs> and you know, something happened between John Carpenter and Roddy Piper that. John Carpenter owed Roddy Piper a favor. <laughs> his favor was to make this passion project. They so, live. So do you think Roddy Piper, it's Roddy Piper's passion project? God, there's a part of me that does just for how fucking <laughs> mental it is. <laughs> oh. But who fucking knows? Like John Carpenter, the crazy genius that he is. <laughs> um, so yeah, so do you say, so you say you won't go back and watch it. I'll definitely go back and watch it because I love, no, I, I, like, I won't watch it by myself. Yeah. I, if I was to watch it again, it would <laughs> to be with other people. Because then I feel like I'd laugh more at it, especially now that I've seen it. And I can be like, oh my yeah. God, they don't know what's coming up here. This is going to be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh man, like, like I, as I said, I, I did, I'm surprised I'd never seen it before, but I'll definitely go back and watch it again. But like, do, do you have any more, do you have any more thoughts on this? Or will we let they live, live, I guess? <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> there, there's so many things I could talk about, but then so many things I shouldn't talk about. <laughs> it, it's just, it kind of left that impression on me. It was just like, you know. Like, you can tell me off air. <laughs> <laughs> this was his Titanic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like, as, as like you said, and as we were talking earlier, I, I think this movie is definitely overrated. And I'm just shocked to see the ratings it got on, um, IMDb and um, you said about 73% fresh 
Yeah, it was definitely in the 70, 70 percentile yeah. for Rotten Tomatoes. I think Metacritic gave it 55%, which is yeah. probably a more accurate Yeah, looking. I was thinking, yeah, it's like a 5 out of 10, pretty much. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? You know, it's a decent like depend, Depending on how much you laugh at it, I'd say 4 to 5 out of 10. Yeah, like, it, it really could have been a very, like, Orwellian movie if they'd have done it correctly. Like, a very 1984 or something like that. Like, you know, yeah. Animal Farm, you know, or... You could really, really could have played with the mind, done a lot of trippy imagery and shit like that. And I think the movie was a missed opportunity. And hopefully, like, because I me mean, you were saying that, like, that it is ripe for the picking. So maybe somebody will go back in different medium or different skill set, different technology might make it look better or better. But like, you'll have people going saying, like, you know, it's a great movie, but maybe people enjoy it more than me did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think on paper, like, I mean, when I read about it, I yeah. was like, I was I was legitimately excited. I was like, "Holy shit! This is like this actually does sound pretty cool." And yeah. John Carpenter. So. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't even know what it was about. I just threw it on. Like, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I probably should have done that. <laughs> yeah. But... yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know what? I will say though. Yeah. Consistently throughout all John Carpenter's movies, the music is fucking epic. That's one thing I would say. He knows how to score a movie. Yeah, do you think he did? Did he do the music for this himself? Uh, it was him and another guy. I, um, yeah. I don't remember who the other guy's name was, but he had that telltale synth, you know, for like building suspense. Like, yeah, that's the that's one thing this film lacked though was suspense. That's strange for a John Carpenter movie, like. Yeah, it's actually a good point. You know what I mean? Like, there's it's really like on the nose the whole film. It's just like this is what happened. They believe it. And now they're going to investigate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah like, it's, like the, the storyline is so far-fetched uh, because how quickly the characters believe what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, there should have been more of a grace period, but maybe that's why it'd be better on TV than film because you can kind of build to that. But um, I, I presume J.J. Abrams will do it in a few years or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll get some really fucking cool special effects in the tennis. Yeah, it'd be like Westworld or something. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be fucking awesome. But um, yeah, so do you have any more final thoughts on the live or we get the fuck out of here? No, I think we've kind of covered it all. I mean, I don't need to be revisiting earlier points that would lead on to crazy tangents, but I will finish it with, with this. I'd love to know what his intent was with this. If this was going to be like a serious sci-fi thriller or like if it's a parody <laughs> of a sci-fi idea or like... <laughs> It's like that whole thing, like, did you know that really shitty movie, The Room, with Tommy Wiseau? Yeah. Like, when that was released initially, that was like a proper drama. Yeah. It was released as a drama, and then years later, he started touring, it's a dark black comedy. Yeah. Then he just went, oh, it's a comedy. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> he just leaned into it after a while. Yeah, so I kind of wonder if it's kind of like that with this, like, if he had a more serious intention with it, or if it just kind of became a parody, you know, yeah. while filming. Yeah, I can see exactly why it has a cult following because I know it has a cult following. Mm. But like, I, I, I was, I, you know, I think it could have been a lot better, and there's a lot of missed opportunities. Wrong lead man for sure. But um, uh, like, so we, we just, yeah, we just get the fuck out of here. Um, uh, that was like, so this is the invasion of Potty Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. Uh, that's spicy. Spicy, say goodbye. Goodbye, bye, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back next time. This is Potty Snatchers. Do you want to stop shop? For everything goes chop, chop, chop. Now let's get the fuck out of here. See you next time, folks. I'm your host. Good luck. Yeah.